time, there's still tons of companies that spend an inordinate amount of time basically just managing a stack of paper, you know, managing a stack of labels or uh, pick sheets or what have you. be surprising to hear that despite the vast technological advances in nearly every sector over the past 20 years, tens of thousands of warehouses still operate on paper. Seth Patton, the founder and CEO of Logistaview, recognized the inefficiencies and saw an opportunity. His solution is a product that combines virtual reality with artificial intelligence, guiding warehouse workers with real-time information about where they should be, what they should be doing, and where they should go next. In this edition of Uptech Report, Seth talks about how he started the company and some of the many adjustments he's had to make along the way. Seth, I'm excited to talk with you today and, and dig in more to Logistaview and the, the problem that you're uniquely solving. To begin, in a very brief five seconds, what would you say that you, you exist to solve? Why are you, what are you solving? Uh, it's really simple. Warehouses uh, are many times stuck in the past, and we are bringing the modern mobility revolution, which started with consumers you know, in 2007 and has rapidly progressed over the last decade. We're taking that into a warehouse and uh, connecting the warehouse with, um, you know, with itself, really, which is an interesting process. Connecting the warehouse with itself, as you said, they're they're outdated and bringing consumer tech into it. I love it. So, uh, digging in a little bit deeper, give me an analogy of a problem that you've seen in warehouses today. They're like, wow, no, this could totally be solved. Um, well, one of the most obvious problems is uh, just inefficient work uh, distribution and inefficient work execution. Uh, one of our, you know, one of the companies that Logistview works with, um, it basically had a system where it was all done on paper. So at the beginning paper. of the day, you know, oh yeah, and then I saw your eyes get big. That's totally normal. That's a, that is absolutely normal. There are tens of thousands of companies today that still do everything in their warehouse on paper. And so, um, you know, there's other companies that do, you know, uh, technology enabled, uh, you know, logistics as well. So it's certainly not like everyone does that. But at the same time, there's still tons of companies that spend an inordinate amount of time basically just managing a stack of paper and you know, managing a stack of labels or, uh, pick sheets or what have you and uh, converting that all to a digital platform and uh, you know, helping it, you know, helping sort all of the transactions um, you know, into a logical travel sequence. So they're not walking back and forth and back and forth all over the place. Um, you know, helping give them good information so that they know the right thing to do. Um, you know, our, our system asks answers three basic questions, you know, that every frontline worker asks over and over and over again, am I in the right place? Do I have the right stuff? And what do I do next? If you can answer that with simple, you know, simple modern mobility and a little bit of AI around the process, then you can absolutely transform how a warehouse operates. And that's what we do. So if anything, people are going to be paying more attention to their warehouses and be able to modernize it to ship in new and different ways. But I appreciate your point that mm -hmm. and the innovation game is usually focused on where revenue can be generated, not where costs can be reduced. Uh, necessarily. So let's, let's dig in a bit more about um, then, you know, how did, how did this begin, the company began, and uh, what's kind of that journey and what, how many customers do you have today? So our customer base, um, we have, um, we're still pretty small. We have uh, five, I think five companies live in production at a total of eight sites. Um, we have uh, about 25 companies in pilot stages at, you know, various pilot stages. Um, 
And uh, the, you know, we've been, I started the company in 2014, late 2014. Um, it actually came out of an R&D project. I started Logistiview in 2014, I should clarify. It came out of an R&D project that, that we did at Exologics to test this idea that I had had many years ago. Um, it initially started on Google Glass and uh, that was not the right answer. Let's just put it that way. The software, however, the, you know, the, the idea showed a ton of promise. And so that was when following the completion of that, we started, you know, started the company in 2014, um, spent about three years, three or four, you know, three and a half years in R&D, um, released the product in early uh, 2017, kind of MVP. Um, you know, the uh, Reed Hoffman says, if you're not embarrassed by your MVP, you didn't release soon enough. Um, I released in good time. Um, and what, I, what we found, I was convinced the market was really ready or was going to be ready in 2017. And it just proved that that really wasn't the case. There was um, that human factor I was talking about, the, hey, we, we like doing things the way we've been doing things because that's comfortable. Um, you start introducing really new technology and um, you know, there's, there's a barrier to overcome there. Um, there's a great book called Crossing the Chasm that um, is, uh, is, is really relevant in this, in this particular uh, type of technology. Because I, you know, I can, there's, there's a few companies that will buy based off of um, the innovation, but the reality is, especially in logistics where it's all a cost center, it's going to be about pragmatism. And so we've, you know, we've, we've, uh, I think we're just now beginning to, you know, get to that point where big companies are buying our software for pragmatic reasons and not because, you know, you've got the innovation visionary getting a R&D budget. What are the kind of the the base layer that you've 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 got established and you're providing as far as the technology there, and then the next layer that you're working on next? So the base layer, um, logistics start off as what we call the human interface platform, uh, human experience platform, and so the the concept there was, you know, Telnet is a really terrible way to communicate with a person. You know, it's it's it worked for you know for forty years, it's or fifty years almost now, and um, Sadly, it's still incredibly common because the majority of the warehouses that don't run paper run Telnet. And so that is the bar. You know, that's the bar that we're that, you know, that the industry is used to. And so, um, you know, our, um, our, our, you know, our obligation basically was to find a way to do that better. Because especially if you, you know, if you consider by and large, warehouse workers are, you know, are considered, you know, they're, they're considered to be, um, you know, in many ways, like, you know, difficult or uneducated or anything, but that's, that's, a, that's a terrible, terrible characterization. They're actually incredibly smart, and they really resent the terrible systems that they have to use. And when you, you know, when they don't have a good system, it actually impacts their job satisfaction. That's one of the reasons why, you know, especially with un unemployment as low as it was pre-pandemic, it was hard to keep warehouse workers in, a, you know, in one place unless you had really good technology. Um, the other angle of it is they all want to be more efficient. I mean, they're, they're you know, just, just like we have our objectives, like the things that make us tick, a typical frontline worker, one of the things that makes them tick is knowing they did something really well. That's actually like, that's a, that's a, that's a point of, of pride. And when they know the system is holding them back, they get so angry at the computer. And so we, you know, I observed that over nearly 20 years in uh, implementing warehouse management software and said, you know, there's, if we do it a better way, if we give them better instructions, if the technology feels more native, because let's be honest, the warehouse worker is coming into the, they're coming into the building with a smartphone in their back pocket. They are not computer illiterate. 
like that not at all so they they you know they a frontline worker lives their entire life just as connected as a tech worker most of the time they have a smartphone they have apple tvs they have roku's they have netflix i mean all the stuff we have they have it's like we're, we're, we're entering a phase where the average consumer is more tech advanced than the uh, business environment they're going into. Absolutely. And that Absolutely. there's a disconnect. Well, and tech workers, I mean, a tech worker gets to say, well, if you want to keep me, you know, you have to give me a $4,000 crazy laptop and give me three monitors and all this other stuff. Meanwhile, the warehouse worker walks in and goes, wait a minute, you've got to be kidding me. This is a four and a half pound brick that I have to carry around and it has 20 lines of green text on it. You guys have to be able to do better. And so that was, you know, that was really where in, in observing that problem, um, that's, where, that's where we started. So uh, looking forward from here, what's uh, kind of the roadmap in the, in the near future that you're going to continue to develop? It sounds like it may be that AI. And then what's the long term, like five, 10 years that you see in the roadmap? I think the most, um, the most powerful technology um, for a warehouse would be um, a or a solution that's capable of requiring very little planning to get it up and running, but then is subsequently capable of learning from all of the tasks that it assigns and all of the routes that it assigns and all of the workers that it assigns those routes to, including robots or AI, you know, AI components. So you've got the digital workforce, which includes humans, robots, and artificial intelligence agents. You bring that all together and you build a system that the, you know, where, where if it's done right, the time to install and the amount of configuration required is actually lower than it's ever been in history. In fact, you can you know, set up a few basic things, maybe even send out a few robots or a few people um, to run some um, you know, computer vision based machine learning algorithms to interact with sensors, figure out where things are. And then now the system is set and it has you know, kind of the baseline paths then be able to learn from constant testing of new, you know, new paths and new task assignments and new routings to the point where when you go live on the, you know, on the first day you have the system live, it's the worst, least efficient day that you've ever had or that you'll ever have on the system. And every single day that system will get a little bit better and a little bit better and a little bit better to the point where, you know, a year in or two years in you've fine tuned and tweaked that operational process so, you know, so substantially that the people who are running the operation don't fully understand why the system is making the decisions it's making. Because the system has literally learned itself how to optimize that particular business, that particular warehouse, that particular um, you know, physical layout. And obviously if you introduce change, it then needs to be able to learn from that change. For, for this, um, the kind of next steps of where you guys are going, um, are you focusing, is there different types of, of warehouses or are you, this, your software applies to all, all uh, different categories of, of warehouses? And it pretty much applies to any warehouse. I mean, we, we have um, actually the, the industry vertical or, or the industry vertical where we're kind of having the most success is the, um, you know, the third party logistics provider, which is basically the anything warehouse. Um, so, you know, the 3PL, you know, 3PL providers like our solution because it's SaaS based and because it can be, um, you know, it can be paid for on an OPEX budget instead of a CAPEX budget. And so, uh, if you take a look at a, you know, a typical contract logistics provider, the contract is a three to five year, maybe seven year if you're lucky and the margins aren't exceptionally high. So they don't have the money to go and buy, you know, 
$10 million worth of conveyors and just, you know, automate the heck out of this warehouse. They need something that's very flexible. And that's where, um, so, so 3PL is the place we're actually getting the most uh, interest, but that's not because of the capabilities of the system as much as it is because of the business model. Being a, a SaaS model where you said it's not a capital cost, it's an operational and then they can, can apply yeah. it. Uh, and it's also, it's also a uh, consume as you go. So if you have, you know, there's, there's no fixed, you know, there's no flat fee um, to have the system. It's based on the number of users uh, or the number of devices that are connected. So, so you get the value. Yeah. You get the value as you grow, not, you know, you don't have to try and, you know, put this heavy cost over a small, you know, small uh, number of people. It's very plausible to roll out logistics you for a five person warehouse. And we've done that. Wow. That's impressive. So then uh, I'll, I'll ask what's a good first step for people to take? Where can they go to learn more? Um, well, there's a lot of, a lot of, uh, a lot of places you can go to learn more. I think the best, the best place to go to learn more is to go to um, logistiview.com or axologics.com. Um, you'll get, you know, you'll get some good, uh, some good starter information there. Uh, I think if you really want to learn more, the best way to do it is by calling and talking to, uh, you know, to us because a lot of times what I find is a lot of folks in our business like the idea of automation. They like the idea of, um, you know, assisted vision picking and things like that. Um, you know, all of that is really, it's, it's a powerful concept, but the question, you know, the deeper question of how do I get it all to work together? How do I integrate it with all the other systems I already have? You know, how do I come, you know, how do I make my green screen system work with this next gen, you know, uh, you know, AI and computer vision system. We, we, uh, we actually have spent a lot of time and a lot of our roadmap um, over the past couple of years making that integration as painless as possible. And so um, a, lot of folks, uh, a lot of folks could probably uh, share their exact layout and we could tell them how it actually isn't probably as bad as they might think it would be. Be sure to check out the second part of my conversation with Seth, in which he discusses how funding his own startup has been both a challenge and a motivating force.